hello for oh I fucked up saying the word hello <laughs> sorry <laughs> after the races hi Gregory hi Thomas how are you you were asking people what is your opinion An of actor. the actor Nicholas Cage C-A-G-E-F-I-G don't be looking at her too hard now T this is a very different and weird Oh my god. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage Fight! And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Hello everyone, and welcome to Cage Fight. Like Backstreet Boys, we're back again. Here we are back again. My name is Gregory Aikerman. Still absolutely incredulous that Backstreet Boys have been reimagined and now apparently we all love them for some reason. I remember in the 90s when the Backstreet Boys were first out, we didn't like them because we were listening to guitar pop bands and electronic bands and rave and Backstreet Boys were just more pop music but now there seems to be a massive reimagining. I blame Seth uh, Rogen. But for some reason Everyone loves the Backstreet Boys. Why do you? Uh, sorry. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, everyone seems to love them now. Interesting. Like, uh, uh, I'm Greg Aikman. I'm here with. I'm Thomas Beeman. Yeah. And so, I, I don't like the Backstreet Boys. No, but can you remember? Like, because it used to be that was everyone gets uh, like all the idiots who are too old now get angry at the moment saying times are changing and language is changing and what you can and can't say is changing and that's fine times evolve and everything's evolving towards being more compassionate and being more caring for our fellow humans and looking after one another that's great but how time is changing and i feel like i'm too old is we're supposed to like the backstreet boys now that's so that yeah that's the most like rose tinted glasses thing i have ever heard and everyone's confusing things like Britney Spears as well, because I know everyone's going on like, free her, which is nice if she's in trouble, free her, I don't know anything about that, but if if someone's in trouble look after them, but are we supposed to think she did tremendous music, instead of just thinking she made music which was great for the people it was Mm. for, but it wasn't for us? I think like for Britney Spears specifically, Mm. is that it was like a moment in time for a lot of people who, like, needed that kind of music. Yeah. Like, it was an awakening for them. Okay. And I'm speaking of the gays. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe, like, it was important to them, like, in that very, like, influential hard time of, like, the abyss of sexuality they were in. And, like, that makes sense to me. Like, you know, whoever does it for you, like, that's great. I'm glad it got there for you and yeah you're you know behind her because of that and that's cool but um, oh i see so was this true of so this is true of britney spears was this true of the whole pop scene in the late 90s mid to late 90s i really uh, don't think so because well none of it was good i would i can argue that some Britney Spears songs are legit, like, very good. And she's very well, toxic. talented. Toxic is one of the best songs of the 90s, to be yeah. fair. There, she has some good songs that are up there. They're not my, it's not my favorite kind of music. But mm. I can, I can, uh, I can agree to that. Uh, Backstreet Boys, not a single hit. 
in my no. opinion. Not even no. not one that was any good. And uh, why the fuck are who is saying this? Who is saying this to you, Greg? Um, I spent some time on the internet. Oh, gross! I know. I'm sorry. Uh, and they just seem to be quite zeitgeisty at the moment. Like mm. people I know in real life have mentioned them and like gone, "Oh yeah, this is a banging tune." It's like, yeah, I. Interesting. It's not. It's, it feels it's not. much like their initial appearance. It's just a phase kind of like uh, recurring I see time so. is like it's an infinite spiral oh shit and we're just coming back to the backstreet boys phase that's all well let's get through this bit as quickly as possible but do you know what isn't a fad and do you know what isn't just coming and going but stays forever nicholas bloody syphilis Cage. Yes, syphilis, also Cage. syphilis yeah. uh, <laughs> nicholas cage and syphilis are the two things <laughs> tertiary stage syphilis and tertiary cage are the two things which you cannot get rid of and Never. will stay in your head eating your brain away because what do we do here when we're not discussing the pros and cons of mid to late 90s pop music what what do we do thomas well instead of that we mostly do nicholas cage movies we take we watch two movies mm. you and i and uh we talk about them go through them, and we choose which one that we not like the most, because we love all of them equally. Of course. Um, except Dog Eat Dog. Um, <laughs> I love Dog Eat Dog. I I stand by Dog Eat Dog. Dog Eat Dog is my Backstreet Voice. <laughs> dog Eat Dog is my Backstreet Voice. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we, we choose which one of those movies that we feel more cagey f- we're getting more cage from mm, mm. and that passes on to the next stage where we will continue comparing Nicolas Cage movies until we find what is inevitably and unarguably self-evident the best Nicolas Cage film and we're the only people doing this. Loads of people have uh, podcast. We d- we discussed this in uh, in episode ten, I think, because this is episode fourteen. Loads of people do ca- cage based podcasts. Mm. We're the only one who's actually yeah. committed. There's to a lot of pretenders. Through. Yeah, yeah, but we are the the we're real the to the throne. Absolutely. Yeah, we're the hardcoreist. And and this this week, this fortnight, this this um, bi monthly, uh, this this episode, if you will. What movies are we doing? I know I looked at Guarding Tess. What did you look at? I watched Leaving Las Vegas twice. Oh, well, I mean, so there we go. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode, Leaving Las Vegas Wins, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Uh, uh, do you want to start with the one that wins, or do you want to start with the shit one? I, I gotta tell you, my opinions on Leaving Las Vegas is not very high. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I I want to actually. Can I hear about guarding Tess? Let's do it. Okay, right. Guarding Tess is um, boring. Is not correct, but that's the word which keeps spring to mind. Okay, the mm. basic plot of guarding Tess. Cage is a member of the Secret Service. He's a member of the uh, United States government, 
and his detail is to look after the wife of a former president. He's just being a bodyguard looking after her, but she is a very aggressive woman who doesn't like people looking after her. Mm. So they have this um, tumultuous relationship. He sort of finishes his detail, goes back and is looking, goes back to uh, his boss, and is looking forward to doing some proper secret service work with guns and shooting and stuff like that and danger. <laughs> yeah. But she calls him back saying, actually, I want him to come back and serve me for another few years. So he reluctantly has to go there. And then she's just mean to him, cruel to him, just tries to humiliate him and belittle him at every single stage. But after a while, they go for a drink together. Turns out they actually get along. And she's just one of these irritating old people who is mean when they mean they respect you. And they show their respect by not respecting you at all and then get angry when people are confused and grumpy with them for being mean. So she's a just curmudgeonly old bitch, and Cage has a hard job trying to get her to do anything because she keeps on arguing with him at every stage. So it's this is pretty much the whole film, until right towards the end, she pushes Cage away, he's like, screw you, I don't want anything to do with you, then she gets kidnapped, then Cage goes, I can save her, does save her, and then she's like, oh, I love you, like, in a, like, a parental way, not in a kiss-kiss way, they they don't mm. bang at any point. <clears throat> a couple of times I thought, will they, maybe, but no, it's not that sort of relationship at all, unfortunately. So that's pretty much it. It's like a will-they-won't-they they romantic comedy, but without the romance and instead a friendship. All of the problems in their relationship stem from this woman, Tess, intentionally being argumentative and stopping him being being able to productively do his job, which ultimately ends with her being kidnapped because he cannot do his job properly because she keeps on getting in the way. Uh-huh. Cage uses every ounce of willpower not to punch her in the face over and over. <laughs> And it's and in the middle of the film we find out that she's got a brain tumor, and that's yeah. probably that it implies that that's why she's being so sort of aggressive. But then she mm. is also like they speak about her being aggressive throughout her entire life. So unless she had a brain tumor, perpetually. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the whole film. It's, oh wow, it's that simple. It's a very. Uh, tedious film. I was looking forward to it because it it does it sets itself up as a romantic comedy, but it's a romantic comedy with no romance, which I like the idea of. I like the yeah. idea of a romantic comedy. I do comedy. like the premise, yeah. Yeah, focusing on friendship rather than anything else. Uh, it's 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 really sweet. It feels very much like the film uh You've Got Mail wants to be. Ah, right. Yeah. So so how were how did you like the performances? the performances cage is fine it's really bizarre because he's forced to do a very stripped down cage performance he's forced into that because because his character is supposed to be really stoic and when you give cage a stoic character and not a lot of action until the final like 15 minutes there's not much he can do so he just wanders around getting frustrated Uh but biting his lip and it's it's fine it's fine i would say this is the sort this is perfect movie for the third film on a long haul flight that's when you <laughs> want to watch this film so right. you don't mind drifting in and out of sleep you won't miss anything like this was another it's only the second time this has happened but it was another one of those films that even though it's um just about 2 hours long it took me about 
a day to watch it because I kept on having to pause every 20 minutes to just do <laughs> something else because uh-huh. it was so boring like it, it's not it's not that it's boring because if you allow yourself to commit to it then it's fine but it's it's tons of actors being fine I mean you've got thingy from with Nell and I um, Uncle Monty uh, yeah. what's he called Griffiths you've got him who's usually an outstanding actor and wonderful and exhilarating mm. to watch Agreed. and he's just yeah. fine <laughs> oh wow yeah like so it's pretty mid all, all around yeah I sat there watching it in front of a notepad of paper and I managed to get half a page of notes. There's nothing to say about this film. And I, I took to the internet. I thought, let's listen to a few interviews that they did at the time. Let's let's mm. read a few stories. Maybe there was something happening behind the scenes. No, mm. nothing of any interest happened. They just Not shot e- a movie. They, they shot an average movie, which was okay. Quite well received, but it's no one's favourite film. It's like a straight C, underachieving student. It's fine. It'll yeah. pass, but it's not gonna. If I was, if I was guarding Tessa's teacher and its parents came in, I would sit them down and I'd say like, "Oh, would it hurt them if they participate in class a bit more?" And like, <laughs> I, they right. they could be an excellent student, but they just don't seem to be interested. They don't. It's it, they're often daydreaming, and if they just sit up straight focus they can excel in here no one in the class is angry at them they just kind of don't don't notice that they're there yeah it's really bizarre because all of the films so well most of the films have either been tremendous fun really silly or a Mm. couple have been you me or both of us have been angry for some reason or really (laughs) frustrated whereas this you could hook me up to any machine i would flatline the lot <laughs> wow, that's uh that's hilarious. To be honest, that's mm. very equivocal about how I feel about leaving Las Vegas. Really? Yes. So what's cuz I watched Leaving Las Vegas uh, when I was uh, about 16 or something. Mm. And it had a profound effect on me at the time. I thought it was deeply upsetting and really moving and that but was that just me being a stupid teenager (laughs) quite possibly for anyone who hasn't seen this movie nicholas cage character is a drunkard and he gets fired it's heavily presumed that he had a family what Hmm. happened to them we like well i i guess that's like really left up to us to figure out because it's never answered he goes to Las Vegas. He meets a sex worker who's also kind of going through her own trials and tribulations. And they have like a romantic. It's just like a romance throughout the entire length of the movie until at the end, Nick's character, who whose objective was to come to Las Vegas and die of being drunk, probably liver, liver failure, finally does. And uh, the most interesting thing about this film, at least to me, is how the perspective of the film shifts. It starts with Nick and like it shifts to Elizabeth shoes, like perspective, Mm. her character. That was like very cool, but it felt like two hours of like watching two people. I don't know. Just kind of (laughs) exist. Um, (laughs) 
it, did you at least get some good caging though because he's playing an yeah. alcoholic who's out of control presumably like going mm. to las vegas to drink himself to death mm-hmm. presumably yeah. he gets to do some great shouting and like, he does uh, and i noticed that the oh my god comes from this film really from the intro yeah Amazing. Oh my god, She Elizabeth Shue's character tells Nicolas Cage that she can fuck him in the ass. Mm. Or he can fuck, sorry, other way around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not judging, but that's just to be accurate. And he's like, oh my god. And I'm like, I'll, I know where that's from. This is um, one of my favorite things about this show as well. We get to slowly, like, because making the intro just took random quotes which seemed to... Uh, go together quite nicely in 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 the in the noisy intro but i enjoy now as we watch the film slowly going like ah so that's where that one's from it's like marvel easter eggs you know but we are essentially a marvel film this is we are essentially the ncu yeah we we are we're the most cage universe I don't know. I can't explain to me, like, why this didn't hit. Like I said, I, like I mentioned, I, I saw it twice. I saw, like, half of it a few days ago. I just couldn't, I couldn't finish it. And I saw the rest today. Well, what can I say? Like, I first of all, you're right. Like, his performance in this, he, he won awards for it. Yeah. Uh, Golden Globes, Academy Awards. And I agree. Like, his performance is amazing. He's... Mm completely drunk throughout the entire film it's very believable and he's very weird too like he does weird funny cage stuff that we all know and love which which is great but this is weird this this happens occasionally with some of the uh random collections of films that we get the random Mm. pairings these are two tremendously unremarkable movies Uh, almost about the same thing too very like subject matter yeah like except one of them it's happening to cage and the other cage is essentially witnessing it yeah he's like this he's a force in the film in leaving really if we get these two films and we edit them together okay (laughs) so cage plays both roles in one film (laughs) now we got a movie (laughs) yeah now imagine that Cage going to Vegas to drink himself to death, and Cage, the Secret Service agent, reluctantly wandering around helping him out him. as much as he can. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That's a movie. Yeah, and you've got Stoic Cage and Cagey Cage, and all of a sudden, it's exhilarating. It's exciting. Will the Secret Service agent get sad when Cage inevitably dies? Will Cage get excited about the Secret Service agent talking about anal? Like, will <laughs> which bits of these are going to happen? Which bits will stick? Which mm. bits will we lose? That's the only thing. Because I was, I was racking my brains. Just to peek behind the curtain, listeners, we tried to do this recording um, over the last couple of weeks and just things have got in the way and we haven't been mm. able to. So we've had longer than usual to go over these films both of us have less than usual to say yeah yeah that Um, is yeah that is definitely damning i i understand that people have like a love for this film it's one that i've always heard of like leaving las vegas it's got all these awards and it's highly rated like even currently today but yeah it's 
it's it's kind of boring like yeah because i was expecting i haven't watched Le- living las vegas for years and uh i've got it set on the computer and i was looking forward to watching it and i still will watch it soon i was, I was expecting it to be breathtaking and heart rendering and stuff like this but it's just just people taking a golden opportunity of an idea and wasting it yeah the the execution of which just did not hit very hard for me god i yeah and i don't know what to say like i get it like i i can see how in the 90s when this came out like yeah it would have been such a different thing right like because i don't think people really explored like sex working or a character who sex works like at all or even like giving people who are alcoholics any breath like or any air to like their character or whatever mm. so i'm sure it was just like holy crap it's revolutionary or whatever like i don't know but, it, i just thought oh he he gets drunk and he does drunk shit and then and she sex works and like the typical things that happen happen mm. and it's like yeah i i okay <laughs> this is the problem with anything which is groundbreaking the shit which which is inspired by it and comes afterwards is of worth mm. like the fir- the first of anything is rubbish like like if you mm-hmm. want to go back in time and read the first book that we've currently got the epic of gilgamesh it's shit like it's interesting yeah. to read because like oh this was the first one and you can see how story developed from it but it's still rubbish but yeah so leaving las vegas by being the first thing to give voices to these things or the first one for the 90s generation still shit <laughs> yeah still still kind of like eh, boring <laughs> Um, that that leads us to like a very interesting dilemma as to which one of these are going to go on we've been in this situation before this is this is not too hard a dilemma because Mm. we just have to base it on the cage performance we know the films aren't worth much yeah i think in that aspect it's pretty clear like like his perform both their performances are fucking fantastic. Yeah, he does he does the cage stuff that like people love him for. He's wild. Is, He's incredibly wild in this film. Is he now le- am I wrong in asking I'm this Ask is a bit of a tangent, but um I have heard that he was actually drunk during this film. Like he was getting in trouble for that. Is that am i making that up i believe that's true i've read that as well we could both be reading incorrect information but i read that as well because he he's not against going method occasionally is he Mm -hmm. yeah like and i I believe hearing that and i could believe that like to an extent that he was at least somewhat intoxicated during the film but the Um, problem with method acting is does does that not count as cheating because you're not really acting are you Oh my god, I've never thought of it that way before. Does it matter if you're cheating? If you win an award, I would say if I was mm. up for an award and someone was a, and I acted like and I was say I had to put on an accent. I was playing someone from a different country and I was uh involved in a lifestyle that I isn't naturally my own, whichever way it was, and I was acting hard and I did a compelling performance if i lost the award to someone who went method i would be furious because i just think well they didn't i acted Mm. really well and they just did the thing they they learned to be a cobbler 
That's bloody Adam Sandler. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think at like what point does training for the role become cheating? You know what I'm saying? I, like yeah. I, obviously you don't want to go into the role like completely like like you you're like fuck it, I'm gonna wing the accent, right? Like that would be mm. insane. So you you <laughs> want to like I'm sure it's if been you're, done, if you're gonna be a uh drunk in in the film then drink heavily pay attention to how you feel and maybe film yourself so you can see how you move and like learn Mm. and then watch that back and imitate that but don't be drunk during it i would say that's the difference like if Uh, you're yeah if you're going to be a tailor that's a good point speak to a few tailors and maybe watch them work, read up about the industry of tailing and its history and what happens nowadays. But don't just train and become a tailor. <laughs> that feels like cheating. <laughs> Which is why I don't really care for Daniel Day-Lewis. I think yeah, he's... But honestly, it, like, cheating is an underrated strategy. I mean, yeah, like, if we, ad- if we agree that it's cheating, is that a bad thing? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I think in terms of if you're up for an award, I don't think method actors should be in the same category of awards as other actors. There should be, and the best method actor of this year, the Oscar goes to. Like they should have their that's own a good category. Point. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Because like, I know just it's separate a, them out. Yeah, it's a skill, but it is a separate skill. It's like at the Olympics, you don't have like, and this person wins the Olympics because they are best at sport you have the different disciplines Mm. and the different things. And then Mm. once every four years, people pretend to care about track and field games. But, so, yeah, I think method is cheating. Cheating's not a problem, but everyone has to agree to cheat in the same way. Right, yeah. Everyone who is going for the same, like, accolades need to, like, be put together in their own thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we fixed it. We've we've fixed we've, it. This is this is amazing. Like, <laughs> which is quite handy because the problem with watching two really really dull films where nothing exciting happens and nothing exciting happened behind the scenes is we haven't yet edited out the ums and the ahs and tidied it up. And this has been only half an hour so far. <laughs> and we've. And we've run out of things to say about the film. We've we we collectively spoke about the movies themselves for about fifteen minutes. There's nothing there. There's yeah. nothing there. What we should what we should do. Uh, and I haven't even got any cameos this like so we can't even <laughs> drop one of those in. We might have to go to the other podcasts and ask them their opinion on these films and drop and record a couple of minutes of each of those and drop those oh, really? in. Yeah. Because uh, what? Yeah, I didn't expect uh, uh, this level of. I thought guarding tests would be plenty of good. <laughs> yeah, was, like, so did I. Really hoping for that. <laughs> I was I was excited. Um, yeah, just these are these are just. <sighs> yeah. Listen, people, we're sorry we can't give you exciting breakneck yeah. speed things Guys, every time. if you were really excited to hear us talk about leaving Las Vegas for, like, an hour and a half, oopsie doopsie, uh, I did like it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we'll make it up to you, listeners, by the next episode. We'll, we'll, we'll go away and we'll work out what they are, but we will make sure we choose films that there are 
so many things to say. In fact, should we give them a treat? Should we make one of the films definitely Con Air next time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, let's give it to them, finally. Yeah, we... Like, they, they've earned it. They've they've stuck with us with this yeah. one. And if you listen all 14 episodes, you deserve... <laughs> yeah, you Con deserve Air. you deserve Connor. I think reluctantly, because no one wins in this, but leaving Las Vegas does go through, I guess. Yeah, I Just suppose. <laughs> based on Nicolas Cage's performance, which was moderately yeah. better than his performance in Guarding Test, even though he was cheating with potentially a little bit of method. We'll allow him to cheat. Now, Thomas, <laughs> we, can, we can draw this to an end and accept defeat with these two films and just oh. have a little half-hour episode. Unless you've got anything you desperately want to talk about, talk about that has some sort of tangential connection to what to we do. Nicholas Cage and the, uh, let's see, I've never been to Vegas, have you? No, I've never been to Vegas. Shit, I've never been to Vegas. Have you Have you got any friends or family members who work for the Secret Service? Why would you tell me if you did? Why yeah, would I you couldn't tell, tell me? you that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've never been the president's wife before either. Uh, no, but you um, never know. Maybe one day. Is there any anyone surprising in the? No, no. Um, uh, the the director Hugh Wilson arrogantly stars as the president's voice in Guarding Tess. Gross. Oh Jesus! Yeah. And Shirley MacLaine is <laughs> Tess. Yeah, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, that makes surely. sense. Uh, the Warren, the Warren it's based Beatty on a sister. Book. Is, is it? Uh, Leaving Las Vegas is based on a book. Nice. Um, it's semi-autobiographical. Cool. This so, this isn't based on a book. This is just uh, written by a couple of fellas. Just uh-huh. uh, a Canadian and an American coming together. This comes in at 95 minutes and was released on March the 11th, 1994. 94, huh? That's insane. That's a, almost a year later they put out Leaving Las Vegas. Isn't that crazy? That's that's amazing. What I quite enjoy about the... the I think the most exciting thing about Guarding Tess is that the budget was 20 million and the box office was 31 million, which just oh. sums up the film so much because that just seems like such a... Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, we made a decent amount of profit, I suppose for the 90s but it just seems so mediocre from start yeah. to finish yeah leaving las vegas congratulations i suppose you've gone through yeah you've skirted by the bottomest of bars <laughs> to succeed good luck uh on whatever you get paired up against because <laughs> yeah i cannot Yikes. see it ending well for them don't worry listeners because uh, next episode is Con Air. I don't know what it's going to be paired against, but it's, you know, Con Air and it'll be something else stupid. Um, I think we should make it a fair pairing. Okay. Do and, you want uh, to... Con Air yeah. against Face Off. Yeah. Or, or the, or, yeah, I mean, that's good, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Next time, Con Air versus Face Off. Now Ooh. you're interested, aren't you? Now yeah. your prayer ears are pricked up. I'm interested all over again because I didn't <laughs> like these movies. Yeah, these movies sucked. But we will be back with better films with loads to say. Next episode might be about two hours long to make up for it. But 
I will run off and I might send a couple of messages to a couple of other podcasts to ask them if they wouldn't mind sending <laughs> a 30-second clip of what they think I of these films. Wouldn't, I think I might ask Box just to help pad out the time yeah. on this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some things to pad this out. But uh, have you got anything going on that you want to tell the good people about? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. Listeners, this is it. This podcast is uh, what I do. Oh, God, don't, uh, don't say that. When I put it on the internet. Don't, and, uh, have this be the only thing that you do on the internet after uh, at the end of a wonderful episode. I think, you know, honestly, m- maybe the opinions in this particular podcast might get us, like, rage listens or hate listens. Do you think? I, think, I think there's like a groups of people who just love leaving Las Vegas. Do you think and, there's uh, anyone who's got a strong opinion on guarding Tess? Most likely. It's the internet. I reckon anyone Also, who's got a... we we shit talk Backstreet Boys too. <laughs> <laughs> so we triple threaded like we're going to get some interesting uh well, the thing comments is, I suppose. Anyone who gets angry at us for talking smack on the Backstreet Boys guarding Tess. We didn't I'm want conf- you. I'm confident we could take them if it came to it. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't want you listening anyways. Yeah. Go listen to um, I don't know, another one called Cage Fight that is worse than this one. Fucking yeah. your Backstreet pod. Go listen to that fucking yeah, piece of shit. Pricks. <laughs> Alright. See, see you later, peoples. Good. <laughs> We're leaving cage what do you say we cut the chit chat a-hole